0: Blog Talk Radio. what he
1: Good morning, my friends. I missed you very much. But here we are again with another Sunday morning and we are in Hebrews. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sharma Cain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenant. The Sunday is a special day to set a time some time for rest and also meditation and prayer and, and just being ourselves and being with God and you know, just being calm for one day and being in love into our special space, and uh, they are just here, all face so welcome, and I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible, as I found it in the street one day, and I picked it up and I started studying it, and here I am on my second book, but uh, I, you can use any Bible you wish, and I've had, had many spiritual experiences, and in gratitude, we'll have ongoing Bible readings, and also read from selected materials. I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. So let's say our opening prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever amen in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and we will pray for all the christians being persecuted worldwide their freedoms to worship and their very lives are in jeopardy and we pray for all those who are suffering from violence here and at home we pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted and please god forgive us our sins we also pray for those suffering from domestic violence here in our own homes and freedom from, we pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds and please God send your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against all this evil in the world and protect us and please God, please God take those to souls who were taken for distorted and evil reasons and we believe those people have become martyrs. And we also ask your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers also go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. And we also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we're praying for all countries and problems of suffering from all over the world. We also pray for our soldiers here and abroad, that they are safe and sound in mind and body. And we also pray for their families. I want to thank you, God, for everything that you've given us and everything you've taken from us and all things you left us. I want to thank you, God, for everything, and we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and teach us what we learn to know to grow. And we want to thank everybody that's helped us, and thank you, everybody that listens here, and also my friends in archives, thank you for listening, and We pray that your families and your health and your dreams come true, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you did like that opening music by Save Vocal Group, it's a CD, Native Angels, by Save. You know, I've kept that CD forever, but if you would like to order your own, go to Save, S-A-V-A-E.org, or you can find them on Amazon, and uh, I guess they even have a site on Facebook, and also you can watch them for free on YouTube. Very interesting band. They do Gregorian chanting with a mix of uh, all kinds of medieval instruments, and I love them. Anyway, <clears throat> I also uh, wish that uh, you have found your very weak uh, the best possible way, and that you know everybody needs a healing in their mind or in their body. And uh, we ask in Jesus' name that just help us, Jesus, because. Uh, we have many problems, and uh, we're here to learn and to overcome. And we're not here. Uh, uh, we're here to love and have peace, but unfortunately, we have very little of that in the world. And that's why we're, we're taking this moment to just just be ourselves. Try to love love each other and not fight. And if you're and just work on forgiveness and. You know, there's so many things, and this is a challenge being here, really, on this earth. And uh, but this is what we're here for, you know. We were told, literally told, this is going to be hard here on Earth, and um, it is, you know. So, hang in there, everybody, and just don't give up, okay? Don't give up because there's a miracle coming around the corner. You don't know when it's going to happen, or what's going to happen to change things around, but I do believe in miracles. And uh, I want you to be able to, you yeah. know, just have that in your life and realize that eventually things are going to work out, but we don't know. There's a mystery going on here, and we're just here to find out what it is. So we're not told ahead of time. Some of us can prophesy, but basically we're here to enjoy this planet. We're here to serve others, and uh, we're here to grow in Jesus-likeness, and um, that's what I believe I'm doing here. Anyway. So, I wish everybody a wonderful day. And also, I wish the birthday babies a very happy and blessed birthday to everybody and a very prosperous year ahead. I've got my uh, mm-hmm. nephew, Robert Peters, that today is turning 40. Wow. So, Robert, I love you. God bless you. And 40 years old. I can't believe it. But anyway, uh, I'd also, like to also uh, wish William D'Souza his happy birthday, Edward Baker. And also, uh, Derek Lee, and I wish all of you a very happy birthday, and if you have have a happy birthday there at home, um, and it's your birthday, I want to let you know you're not alone, and God bless you, and that uh, you're here for a purpose, and um, I believe that uh, our purpose will be revealed, and everybody has one, and we're all here for a reason, so hang in there and um, just uh, do the right things today. So. Anyway, uh, so we're on Hebrews chapter 8, and I uh, have a summary here, and uh, we had marched along in our New Testament, and we're actually at Hebrews chapter 8. We have read more of it, and we have less of it to finish, and uh, I was thinking, gosh, uh, you know, my commitment was to the New Testament, and uh, but I think we're going to go to the Old Testament too. I don't know uh, that much uh, about it. You know, I've known, read it a few times, but... Um, We'll just march through we'll just keep going, okay? So anyway, I welcome you and uh, let's start reading. So the summary of uh, Chapter 8 is this, Out with the Old. What's the point of all this high priest talk? Well, just that Christians have the best high priest possible, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. See, Jewish high priests in the old days worked in the tabernacle, the tent that God constructed with uh, the Israelites to assemble in the desert after the exodus from Egypt. They had to offer gifts like rams and goats to atone their sins and follow Jewish law while doing it. But Jesus works in the true tent. That's not a place set up by people, but by God himself. We're guessing it's pretty snazzy. He's in charge of a better covenant with the way of better promises, says the author, If God's first stab at the covenant with his people had worked, there wouldn't be any need of Jesus, but it didn't, so we're on to plan B. The author quotes that the prophet Jeremiah and explains that God himself told the people that one day he would make a new covenant with them. This new deal wouldn't be like the old one. God planned to write his law on their hearts, not on parchment. People wouldn't have to tell each other about God. They'd just know him. Needless to say, the author pretty much thinks that what God has done with Jesus. The old covenant is out and the new one is in. Check, please. Okay, so let's I'll turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8. <clears throat> now, as I told you, I got this study Bible while I read the Bible. And I like the notes, and uh, also it was by Miracle. And if somebody had thrown my original one. Um, where I found it, and it was by the trash can. So I picked that Bible up. It was some years ago in the 80s in uh, Hermosa Beach, California. So uh, I've now, since I filled that one up with notes and everything else, I now read this other one. So here we go. So if you find your Hebrews chapter 8. Chapter 8. Now the main point of what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens, a minister to the sanctuary, and in true tabernacle, which God pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to other gifts. Sacrifices to it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all since these are those who offer the gifts according to the law. We serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, just as Moses had warned, God, warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For see, he says, that ye shall make all things according to the pattern which shown for you on the mountains. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry or at much as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. For if this first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, they are coming, says the Lord, when will I <clears throat> when will I effect a new covenant with the the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm having a hard time seeing this. My light went down. It's like a cloud went over and all the light went with it. Okay, let me start this again. For finding fault within he says, behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand. Sorry about this. Sorry about that. took them by the hand. uh, To lead them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make from the house of Israel After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds, and I shall write them on their hearts, and then I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen, and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, and the least of the greatest of them, and I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more and then when he said a new covenant he was made the first he has made the first obsolete and whatever is becoming obsolete growing old is ready to disappear wow so if you have your bible i would go back and read that all again because to me it sounded like this was like modern day and uh we're talking about ancient times, and uh somehow this this is very mysteriously just going into my heart and just telling me there is a new covenant. things have changed, and uh those who are supposed to know it'll be put in their minds and in their hearts and now uh, let's read the notes, well, okay, one through three, the main point the main point um. Only the other place this phase is used permanently. Our Lord, okay, let's see the main point. A priest must be something to offer, a sanctuary to do it. Christ has disqualified from using the sanctuary because of his descendant in the tribe of Judah. Therefore, his sphere of service must be heaven and his offering of himself. And the covenant Christ mediates is a better covenant since it was enacted of undeaded promises. And the new covenant is contrasted with the first covenant, the Mosaic law. Christ's blood is the basis of the new covenant and pays for the sins of all. And then it will have yet to have an aspect of fulfillment in relation to Israel and Judah. And the prediction of promise of new covenant promotes uh, the, well, promise proves, excuse me, proves the inadequacy and the temporary nature of the Mosaic law. Um, Well, That leaves me kind of speechless, but it's telling you right there, right from the mind of God, that Jesus is the new covenant, and it's changed everything. It's changed everything, how we're supposed to handle things, too, and uh, that means that we're under God's new law, under Jesus, and I'm totally for that. And uh we're just uh lucky people that we have it we're in a day and time where all this is accessible straight to us. And uh okay, amen. So now um I wanna excuse you for my excuse me for my hesitancy as I'm speaking to you because I'm getting phone calls all over the place and I don't get it. Anyway. Uh let's do uh, I have one story from our little guidepost, and it's a short story. It says, The Puzzling Power of Forgiveness by John Plank in Wapoon, Wisconsin. My wife, seven months pregnant with our seventh child, we lived in a modest four-bedroom home. After 11 years as a vocational teacher in the state reformatory in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a vocational director's job opened up nearby in a correctional institution. I got that position. I started in June. My new job was 90 miles from home, and I rented a room during the week and returned home on weekends and two months to find a place to live, sell our home, move our family, and get settled down. Five of our children will be starting school in September, and my wife always delivered early and needed to be under a doctor's care. I read one as made phone calls, talked with fellow employees, visited realtors, and prayed for guidance. Finally, I came across a contractor who was completing a duplex apartment he intended to rent. It had been completed by September 1st, and though the place had only two bedrooms, I was certain it would be large enough. I told the contractor I would rent one of the apartments and offered to pay a security deposit the first month's rent. He said that it wouldn't be necessary. A handshake and a man's word were all he needed to seal the agreement. Wow. I had put our home up for sale, soon had a buyer I lined up a mover, registered the kids at school, had our medical records transferred. It still was going to be a squeeze, just one week left. On Monday morning, I received a telephone call from a contractor. I was to meet him that night in his home. It was then I received a real shock. We were go- not going to get the apartment. To, to futilely, I mentioned the kids starting school, my pregnant wife selling our house and handshakes and man's words. The contractor's wife said, the place is too small for your family. Stunned, I went back to my room and thought, how can this be happening? What really puzzled me was why well I wasn't angry at the contractor and his wife. As a matter of fact, I more, the more I wondered about it, the more I felt that I had to forgive them. I always felt I was Christian, but frankly, not that good a Christian. It was something that happened to me that I'll never be able to fully understand. I sat down at 11.30 p.m. and wrote a letter of forgiveness to the contractor and his wife. I mailed the letter that night. The next morning, I went on to my office, and my desk was full of paper, about two inches square, with a stenciled note. It said, call this number tonight. At the same time, there were only 11 other employees. I contacted all of them after they left the note there. No one knew anything about it. At 5 o'clock, I called the number. And I was told at that party that my name, he said he hadn't called me, and I asked him if he was planning to rent his house. He said, I'm moving to a new job right now. I want to list my house, but I haven't had even called the paper yet. How did you know? This beautiful home in Wapo had three bedrooms and was four blocks from school and was rented for less than the contractor's apartment. Who wrote the note? I truly believe it came from God. Amen. I want to thank you very much for being with me this morning and this afternoon, and God bless you, and I wish you every every good thing, every best thing. And in closing, why don't we say our Sunday prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And closing, may God bless you and keep you in his loving arms so you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you and may be your best dream come true and true love live in your heart. Message me anytime you need anything. You can find me on Facebook, Charlene Simpson McCain. And also, you can come here next week, and I'll be back with another Bible study. Love you. God bless you. Amen.